0: I actually didn't figure out I was undocumented when I was 15 when I first started applying for DACA. I remember coming into the kitchen asking my mom, All my classmates are applying to jobs, and I want to submit my job application so I can start working on the weekends. So I asked my mom for my social security card, and my mom says, Mijo, no tienes uno. Son, you don't have one. Hi everyone, my name is Alejandro Isaguirre and I'm How to College First Gen's newest co-host. I'm so excited to join you all on this journey and learn more about how first-generation students and professionals are pursuing and achieving their goals. But before we dive into those stories, I'd love to tell you a little bit about myself and how I got here. My family and I immigrated from Honduras to Houston in 2003. And whenever I first moved here, I saw some of the differences around neighborhoods in Houston. I saw that my neighborhood in fifth ward looked completely different from the neighborhoods on the west side. I saw that freeways starkly divided each neighborhood and I noticed that public schools on my side of town look completely different from the ones on the west side of Houston. I think this is whenever I first realized that my new zip code heavily influenced my life trajectory. Growing up as a first generation Honduran and undocumented immigrant, my socioeconomic and citizenship status determined the resources I had access to. But I didn't really understand what my identity and what my citizenship really meant for me until I started applying to colleges. I actually didn't figure out I was undocumented when I was 15, when I first started applying for DACA. I remember coming into the kitchen, asking my mom, all my classmates are applying to jobs and I want to submit my job application so I can start working on the weekends. So I asked my mom for my social security card and my mom says, "Mijo, no tienes uno son you don't have one and i was really confused because i thought that i was just like my classmates i wanted to do the same things that they were doing applying to jobs working on the weekends but it was different for me this is whenever i first realized that i was an undocumented immigrant Although I didn't really understand what that meant whenever I first heard that, I realized how that impacted me when I started applying to colleges. All these forms for financial aid and citizenship status heavily impacted where I was going. A lot of the schools that I applied to didn't offer financial aid to students like me. But these barriers didn't prevent me from pursuing my professional and educational goals. Although that there were a lot of obstacles in my way that were completely out of my control, I was privileged enough to participate in programs that served and uplifted underrepresented communities. These opportunities really opened doors for me. It created opportunities that I'd never thought would exist for me. I was able to enter spaces I knew I belonged in. And I think that my experience with educational inequities motivated me and inspired me to pursue a career in diversity, equity and inclusion. And I really came to understand what these three words, diversity, equity and inclusion really mean when I taught at Breakthrough Houston for two summers. I noticed that a lot of the students that I was teaching were experiencing the same inequities I experienced growing up. That really inspired me to study political science at St. Edward's University. For me, this was an opportunity to address a lot of the inequities I experienced growing up, but also the inequities that my neighbors experienced growing up, that my classmates experienced growing up, and my students at Breakthrough. So in my freshman year of college, I had my first internship in the Texas House of Representatives. It was a very overwhelming experience because this was my first time working in politics. I didn't really understand a lot of what was going on because it took a lot of time for me to wrap my head around that I was even in this space. I never thought that someone like me, an undocumented immigrant, would even be allowed to work here. But in my internship, I was really grateful to identify my passion for education policy and creating policies and initiatives that address the educational inequities. A lot of immigrant students and students from underrepresented backgrounds experience. After working at the Texas House of Representatives, I wanted to explore my interests and in policies at other levels of government and at other sectors of the policy world. I was able to intern for the mayor of Austin um, and really understand how educational equity is put into practice and how these programs are actually implemented from the ground up. But one of the most significant parts of my undergraduate experience was working at the U.S. House of Representatives for Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. To be employed by a House office in a paid position in the continental United States, an individual must be one, a U.S. citizen. Two, be a permanent resident, be admitted as a refugee or granted asylum. Or four, qualify as a non-citizen US national under federal law. I'm not any of those four things, but through the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute, I was able to intern for Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee for a semester. That experience was like no other. I was surrounded by individuals who were passionate about policy issues that impacted individuals across the US. I worked on projects that directly impacted people in my neighborhood. After my time in Congress, I joined the policy team at Raise Your Hand Texas. They are a nonprofit that advocates for policy issues that directly impact public school students across Texas. One of the biggest policy issues my team handled was securing the $16.7 billion in federal stimulus to public schools. We created advocacy campaigns. We lobbied at state representative and Senator's office. And towards the end of the session, we achieved our goal. Now that I graduated as a first-generation college student, I'm also taking on the responsibility of being a first-generation professional. But despite the obstacles I may face, I'm grateful to have peers, mentors, and colleagues who I can lean on and ask for advice. I'm also grateful to share this space and learn with you about the challenges, but also the beauty in being a first-generation student and a first-generation professional. I'm excited for the coming months and my time here at How to College First Gen to learn from individuals, narratives and experiences and take away meaningful lessons that will help you and I moving forward as we figure out how to navigate, pursue and achieve our goals. Thank you all for listening to my story. I'm so excited for the time that we spend together and I'll see you on my first episode.